that's all the only caveat I have for you guys. Let's, uh, we're going to pray. We're in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. If you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back. There will be some Bible on the screen. We're going to be going through verses 6 to 15 today. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. Let us pray and we will get into it. Father in heaven, God, I need your resurrection power. Lord, we need it as a church body, as a church family, to change us, to help us see things in our life that we don't see that are keeping us from loving you and loving others. We need your power to open our eyes, to see Jesus, your son, for all that he is. God, I pray that you would magnify him in our mind and heart today, that we would see him more clearly for his cosmic, massive power, for his total sovereignty over all things. God, open up our hearts to hear your word and to know you and love you more deeply. In the name of Jesus, we ask all these things. Amen. So on my way back from the wedding last night, it's perfect timing for this text. I, I like Ubering. If you don't know what Uber is, it's an app you can download, and it's like a, a, a cab that you order, essentially, but it's regular people. They're not cabbies. They're people that sign up to do this service, and I love Ubering, especially in LA or closer to Tampa. Someone comes and picks you up, they introduce themselves, and sometimes they have water for you, and they're usually very kind. But every time I Uber, I always pray, God, send me somebody that I can get into a great conversation with. So last night, I'm Ubering from where I was to Los Angeles Airport, which is like a 50-minute drive. So I, I told God, I said, God, this is a big one. I want you to send me like a tough nut to crack. I want you to send me someone who needs to be loved. And then the person that accepts the Uber, their name is Ahmed. So I'm like, this is it. I'm like, I knew it, God. And I get there, Ahmed shows up in his Prius. And within a matter of minutes, we're talking about, um, he talk, tells me he's a Muslim within like three minutes. Like, he, like God is already just opening this guy's heart, and I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs in joy. I'm like, whoo, we're not even to the freeway yet. This is going to be great. Uh, so we're talking about it, and I said, you know, Ahmed, and he never, he said I never pronounced his name once, right once, like the entire trip. He tried to tell me, no, it's not Ahmed, it's Ahmed. And I'm like, okay, Abed, whatever, Ahmed, Abed, I don't know. You call me Ryan. And, and he couldn't get my name right either, so we were on equal grounds. But we were driving, and I said, what's your favorite thing about your faith and religion, and what's your least favorite thing? This is before we got to anything about Jesus. He said, my favorite thing is the fairness. I love that, that my God is fair, that he wants to balance the scales and wants everything to be just, and, and people get what they deserve. I don't like it when people, when people get something they don't deserve. That's why I love my religion. And I said, okay, what about your least favorite thing? He said, well, this may sound weird, but my least favorite thing is that in my religion, I am allowed to marry four women, but I don't think my wife would want me to marry three other women. I said, you're probably right, Ahmed. This is one to steer clear from. And I told him my little joke. I said, you know, in my life, my wife has enough personalities to keep me occupied. So I don't need more than one woman. Um, and I'm sure that I reciprocate that, so don't, as I'm not like bashing her, it's just the way life is. We all know this, we're married people here. And then we got to the Jesus part, and, and finally, at the end of it, you know, he said, well, I don't believe Jesus is who you say he is. And I said, I, I know you don't. And at this, at this point, he's asking me about my tattoos, we've gone over all of this. And, and I said, here's the big difference for us, Ahmed, is that you love fairness, but after our conversation, I don't think you really want what's fair, because you've told me that you're a bad dude. And you've told me that you've sinned a lot against Allah. 
and you're saying that you love fairness? Fairness, according to you, means you're apart from your God forever. And he said, well, that, that could be true. If, if we died today, I think we, we might both be apart from Allah. And I said, well, you might be apart from Allah, but I'm not going to be apart from my God. And he said, how do you know? I said, because my God's not fair. My God comes down and gives me something I didn't deserve. And my God makes a way when there is no way. And, and this is when Ahmed just says, we've got only about 15 more minutes, so we're at the airport. Well, today we're going to talk about this Jesus. And Paul wants to drive home something that is very important for us that we often forget. So here we are in verse 6 of chapter 2. Therefore, everyone say therefore. Whenever you're reading the Bible and you read the word therefore, you should always ask, what is it there for? Because it always is climbing off something that happened previously. So this is climbing off of the passage that says, Jesus is king. Jesus is in control. Jesus is supreme. Jesus has got everything under his realm of authority. Therefore, therefore, you get this Jesus as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. This Jesus who we received by faith. Now this is the clincher here. We receive this Jesus by faith. Walk in him by faith. Verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity uh, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Let's stop right there. This is something that I, I beat on, I hammered this point home, because I see it being abused so often. As we received Christ, by faith, everyone say by faith, that's how we are to walk in him. We are not to receive him by faith and then move away from faith. And the reason that I have to keep coming back to this is because that is what our hearts are prone to do. Our hearts are prone to say, I need Jesus to save me, but I don't need him to get better. What I need to get better is I need to try harder. What I need to get better is make promises to God. What I need to get better is to get into Bible studies. What I need to get better is to just read my Bible more. And those are good things, but they are not the ultimate thing that can cause you to grow spiritually. It is pressing into faith in every area of your life that can begin to root you and build you up in who Jesus is in you now. So as you receive Christ, by faith, that's how you are to walk with him, by faith, believing that he is in control and that you need him as desperately tomorrow as you did today, as you did the day that he first found you where you were. And I have this suspicion that it's... um. It's easy for us to walk away from that concept. And it was easy for the Colossian church. This was the Colossian church's big problem, that they came to Jesus by faith, and then people slowly started adding little things in. It was a, a weird experience I had at this wedding. I was there talking to the, the bride and the groom, and it was already weird because this was a Scottish wedding, the first one that I've done. So literally all the men are in kilts, and the guests were arriving in kilts, and naturally, as a fan of Braveheart, my first question was, are you real Scottish people under those kilts? 
and they all smiled at me because there was like Scottish beer going around at the reception. And as I was talking to all these kilted men, the, the groom and the bride come up to me and they say, Pastor Ryan, we really want you to meet somebody. He's another pastor. It's our photographer. His name is Brooks. We're, we think you're going to have a lot in common. And I'm like, great. I love meeting other pastors. So I go to meet Brooks. Right when I look at Brooks, it's one of those eerie moments because Brooks is six foot six. So I'm looking into this guy's eyes and he's like slender, better looking than me, um, more hipstery. You know, his jeans were really tight and he had cameras all over. He's a photographer. I'm like, Brooks, I was told that I'd really like you and that we would have a lot in common. And he goes, yeah, man, I was told about you too. I'm so excited. Uh, and then the reason why they thought we'd have a lot in common is because I think he's a tall, skinny, outgoing pastor, but he moved from Florida to California two years ago. So then I'm like, oh, Brooks, you moved from Florida. What part of Florida um, did you move from? He's like, oh, man, you've never heard of this part, uh, this place. It's called, um, it's called Boyette Springs or something like that. That's where my parents live. And I was like, Brooks, you're, you're kidding me right now. And he goes, no, no, I'm not kidding you, man. Why? And I was like, uh, never mind, man. Where do, where do your parents go to church now? Oh, they go to this uh, church over there. It's called Bell Shoals. You've probably never heard of it. Never, brother. <laughs> never. I don't even know what you're talking about. And then I told him, I'm like, I, I work in Fishhawk. I live off Boyette. And then we start talking more. And then all of a sudden, we find out that our moms live on the same island in the Seattle Harbor, Gig 